How many came to glorify the name of the Lord tonight? The rest of us get on board, would you? Let's glorify the Lord tonight. Because when the praises go up, the blessings come down. So we got to have some praising tonight. Amen. We're just so happy to be back in the house of the Lord tonight to worship the Lord. and Appreciate Brother Matt uh, filling in for us while we was away. We sure didn't miss being here, but we did get to stream the services and enjoyed them very much. And, uh, just want to welcome everybody to these anniversary meetings tonight. We're just looking forward to what the Lord has got in store for us. I know he's got big things in store for us. Do you have a need tonight? If you do, just make that known by an uplifted hand. God sees every need in here tonight. He knows what's under that hand, what you have need of. And we just want to continue to remember our brother Ron in prayer and also uh, brother Jewel Forney in our prayers as well. That the God will just continue to touch him and give him strength and be with our brother Tim tonight as he delivers what the Lord is giving for us. We're looking forward to the word tonight. Amen. Brother Jonathan, come tonight and let us pray. happy to be here tonight. Amen. Welcome everybody out. We're looking forward to a good time. Remember our youth, 10 o'clock in the morning choir practice. Don't forget, we're going to be hitchy on it. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer. You expect great things tonight. You'll receive great things tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, we truly love you, Lord. We truly appreciate you, Lord. Lord, all that you've done and you continue to do, Lord, we're at a loss for words to give you enough praise, Lord. Lord, we gather tonight, Lord, as a anniversary meetings of the church, Lord, and Lord, we gather to worship you, not a church, not a ministry, but you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we ask you to come down and visit us this evening, Lord, and be in every action that we do, every thought that we think, every word that we say, that you would take preeminence in all of the things, Lord. And be with Brother Mark, Lord, and the musicians as they would lead the song and service of worship to, Lord, bring us to a place to get out of our comfort zone and lift our hands to you. And, Lord, praise your holy name tonight, Lord. And Lord, we take these needs that we have and we lay them before you, Lord. And, Lord, we lay them before you with faith and believing, Lord, that you're going to do something. Lord, miracles have already transpired. Healing powers have already moved. Lord, you're on the scene once again, Lord, and Lord, we're looking for even greater things, Lord, and Lord, we ask you to take each one of them, Lord, each hand that was raised, each heart, each request that was spoken, Lord, take them to yourself, Lord, and just move down upon them, Lord, and be with Brother Tim as he would come tonight, Lord, give him the freedom that he needs, Lord, to reveal what you've laid upon his heart, Lord, that he can speak to us, Lord, and lift us up, Lord, encourage us, correct us, whatever it may be, Lord, and be with us in this service, Lord. Come walk down the aisles in your precious holy name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Why don't you just turn tonight and shake somebody's hand. Welcome them to the house of the Lord. Then we come expecting tonight what the Lord's going to do for us. Amen. Let's sing it. Well, I have good news to bring. That is why I sing all of my joy with you. I share. Or oh, I'm gonna take a trip in the old gospel ship and go sailing through the air. Well, I'm gonna take a trip in the old gospel ship. I am going. 
He's ready to take a trip on the old gospel ship. Go far beyond the skies. Praise the Lord. Let's sing this. Oh, well, my God's not dead. Well, he's still alive. Oh, my God's not dead. He's still alive. Oh, my God's not dead. Oh, he's still alive. Cause I my hand, my feet's going to start moving. I just got joy in my heart. How many have joy in your heart tonight? Amen. Why don't we sing this together? Oh, one day I was walking in a world of sin. Rest for my weary soul. Oh, and then I met a man. He said he'd be my friend. And all my burdens he did roll. God took those worldly Got my eyes on Jesus. God. 
have joy tonight. Praise the Lord. You know, if you're down or you're burdened, you're, you're carrying a heavy load tonight, in the name of Jesus, why don't you just take the victory? It's yours, it's yours for the taking. We hadn't sang this song in quite a while. We're going to try to sing it tonight. We're going to get eight right. Well, I see a battle raging and it's deep inside of me. My spirit wants to worship, but my body wants to flee. I hear the voice of Jesus say, today you can be free. So I stand right up to say right now, I take the victory. Oh, and in the name of Jesus, I take the victory. I take his word and through his power, I have authority. tries to bind me, tries to keep me from my goal, but in the name of Jesus Christ, that sickness has to go, the curse of sin is broken, I have his life in me, oh, and in the name of Jesus, I take the victory, oh, and in the name of Jesus, I take the victory, I take at my feet, oh, and in the name of Jesus, I take the victory. Now emotions try to fail me when I try to do my best. I face a wall of opposition with those I love the best, but I won't be bound or hindered in the work God has for me. Oh, and in the name of Jesus, I take the victory. I take the victory. I take his word and through his power. I have authority. Oh, I see the promise coming down. Demolished at my feet. Oh, and in the name of Jesus, I take the victory. Now our body is the temple. 
of the Holy Ghost. My spirit shouts in triumph to the one I love the most. I'm covered by his precious blood, by his power I'm free. Oh, I give no room to the devil. I take the victory. You don't miss it, no, I see my It's yours for the taking. You just got to reach out and get a hold of it. Praise the Lord. And I'm so glad that we are the generation. Let's sing that. chosen generation. Aren't you glad that you're one of them? I'm so glad that I can say that I'm one of them. Chosen generation. Amen. One more song. Let's sing this. It's sang to you. Behold Jehovah seated on the throne. I 
time god is good praise the lord we'll let you have your seats tonight as we have our ushers to come and receive the evening offering you just give to the lord i know he'll bless you too we're also looking forward to tomorrow uh, lord willing uh, we're gonna have a dinner after the service and we celebrate a late birthday for our pastor he he had to put it off for a couple of weeks that's hard to do you know put off your birthday but he did and we thankful tonight and we just we want to honor our pastor uh, all that we can, don't we? We appreciate our pastor and we love him tonight. 
Amen. Brother David has got a song for us tonight. Brother David, come right ahead.
Aren't you thankful we serve a God that's a champion? He's undisputed, undefeated champion of love tonight. Let's stand, if you will, as we invite our pastor to introduce Brother Tim to us tonight. We're looking forward to what the Lord has got in store for us, aren't we? Amen. This is the part that we all look forward to is the Word of God. Amen. It gets planted deep in our souls. And we're trusting tonight that it'll bring forth fruit a hundredfold. Amen. Let's sing this together. Word of God speaks. Would you pour down like rain? Wash you. Welcome in the house of the Lord. What a privilege it is to gather with the saints of God, precious like faith, to honor and magnify the name of our matchless king, the champion, Brother David of love. What a blessing to be with you this evening to worship the Lord. We certainly welcome each and every one of you in our gates to worship the Lord with us. We'll be celebrating our homecoming services this weekend, and we thank God for having you. Uh, we're just so grateful to the Lord uh, to be able to um, have a work for Him, uh, to be a lighthouse, a soul-saving station, to reach out to the community and to the people around us, to let them know that Jesus Christ still lives. And He has given us a greater light in this age, a light like no other age had ever received, an evening light. And thank God that we're part of that. Uh, today and we appreciate the Lord so very much. We're so happy to have uh, Brother Tim Pruitt with us. He's no stranger. Many of you are familiar with uh, his ministry and uh, perhaps stream his services. A lot of the youths go to the camp there and um, he's been an old friend 
of mine for many years, and uh, we've, we've certainly have enjoyed his uh, friendship and his ministry uh, through the years. And I want to thank God for men who are still standing today who are icons in this message uh, through the thick and the thin and, and all the ups and the downs. And you know, every message from God faces its challenges. It faces its test. And you are the people of this age that are being tested by a great light that God has given us. A great message that has called us out, not just any message, but a rapturing message that's getting us ready to, uh, to meet our Lord Jesus Christ. I was listening to the message, What is the Attraction on the Mountain today? And Brett Branham was greeting all the different groups around the country that was on the telephone hookup. And he would just greet them and uh, he would end with, and we're waiting for the coming of the Lord. And we're waiting for the coming of the Lord. Isn't that truly what we're waiting for? The coming of the Lord. This is what it's all about. is getting us ready to meet our Lord Jesus Christ for a body change. And praise God, we have received that glorious light of his presence uh, with us. So the Lord bless you. We want you to feel comfortable. Uh, the brethren around the back and up front, they can show you if you need or nursery back here. Uh, bathrooms in the back there and several more in the back here. So just feel comfortable and uh, I'm sure you'll, you'll, be a blessed, you'll be blessed tonight uh, by the preaching of the word. Let's sing that again if you don't mind. Uh, word of God speak. Pour down my brain as we invite our brother to come. We just want to give him plenty of time to just take his liberty and just, uh, just minister what God has placed upon his heart. And I'm, I'm sure it's nothing new. It's the revelation that God has given us. There's no new things under the sun. Just more of God's enlightenment upon His Word. Now we've been living off of the inspiration of this message since the passing of our prophet in 65. And the inspiration has not gotten old. It just keeps getting better and better every day. Like a Roman candle, it keeps illuminating in our spirits we don't need a new message a new theory or psychology we just need what God has given us to keep our eyes open to the truth of who we are uh, in this age so the Lord bless you let's let's sing it if you don't mind we'll sing that again as we give our brother a few minutes more to come out word of God speak would you pour down my grace Washing my eyes to see your majesty. Be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay.
Praise the Lord. Don't you want him to speak to you tonight? Make himself known to you in a real and living way. Amen. That should be the desire of our heart. Well, this is a, a momentous occasion for you this weekend as we come to this part of special occasion of, of uh, homecoming, dedicating the church. And my, it's wonderful to have a beautiful place to serve the Lord in. And I'm always glad to see a lighthouse in every area. You know, my vision's never been for us just to have one or two mega churches and you know, and that's it. But I, I think God has a light in every, every area, amen, to hold forth the word of truth for their, for their um, uh, part where they live in. And we're to be a lighthouse in this day, amen, to show forth the light of the glory of God, of this evening light. And as long as we're here, we want to shine brightly for the Lord Jesus so it's an honor to be here with you this weekend and be with Brother Hamid again is, um, and the church here. May the Lord bless you in a great way and speak to you. And let's just pray and let's talk to the Lord together. Father, we're your children today and we come in your name. It's the name that's above all names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord and Oh, God, will you just minister to hearts and lives tonight? There are many that are needy. If I would ask for a show of hands, I'm sure every hand would have been up that said, Lord, I need you. Will you just come by my way and speak to me in a special way? I ask, Lord, that you'll minister even to the hardest of heart, that you'll break the stony heart. Oh, God, that you'll make it where that it can be pliable and receive of the word and Lord, that you'll open up our, our eyes of our understanding, that we can see the hope of our calling. Lord, when these meetings are over, may we be so much closer to you, that we took another step, we climbed another round higher, that we were like Enoch, that we walked with you and went into another adventure in a higher dimension. I ask, Lord, that you'll speak to our hearts tonight as we would open the word together Lord, may that you just speak now to your children. Give them a hearing ear to hear what the Spirit saith to the church. Lord, for we need you in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Before you're seated, we're going to look at the Word of God tonight. So um, if you'll turn with me to, to the Bible in, in Exodus chapter 12. And uh, we'll just get right into the Word of God and let Him speak to you. Amen. Does it sound all right out there? Okay. Good deal. Because it's, it's, we've got plenty up here. Amen. So, well, that'll keep me from straining my voice tonight. And I'll have some for tomorrow. Amen. So we're just looking to the Lord to speak to you. I believe He's our healer, our deliverer, our Savior. Whatever need we have, amen, we can find it in Jesus tonight. Amen. He's here to manifest himself and make himself real to you. Exodus chapter 12, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the... Uh, congregation of Israel saying in the 10th day of this month 
they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the souls, and let and every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. And ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorposts of the houses wherein they shall eat it, and they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning you shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I was passed through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it a feast. To the Lord throughout your generations, you shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. And then turn with me to Numbers chapter 33 and verse 3 and 4. We'll read together there. One more scripture before you're seated. Numbers chapter 33, verse 3. And they departed from Ramesses in the first month, on the 15th day of the first month, on the morrow after the Passover, the children of Israel went out with a high hand, triumphantly, in the sight of all the Egyptians. And for the Egyptians buried all their firstborn, which the Lord has smitten among them, upon their gods. Also the Lord executed judgments. Amen. God bless you. you can be seated. You know, we're living here in this world of sin and of its bondage, and we're going in a rapture. We're not going to go out of here defeated, but we are going out with a high hand and triumphantly. And we know the death angel is in the land today, and God is requiring a token, the token sign of the Holy Ghost, or otherwise the death angel will overtake you. As Brother Branham would tell us, um, and, and so draw this out in messages like desperation, for example, 
He said, I, I would imagine the children, when they saw those big black wings drop down from the sky, like a smoke settling over the city, the screams coming from every house, the children might have went to their daddy and said, Daddy, are you sure we're under that token? And he would go to the door and he would look upon the post, the lentil, and say, Son, that's according to his word. Remember, I'm your oldest child, Daddy. Are you positive? I'm positive. That's according to what the prophet told us. And he has a word the Lord said, When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Take a lamb for the house. I brought all you children in. You're, you're my oldest, but my firstborn. And that's the ones that are dying out there. Uh, but there is the blood. That's what thus saith the Lord was. So rest, my son. Rest at ease because God made the promise. So, you know, we are here tonight and we're resting in the promise of God. But yet we're ready to go. Resting but ready. No matter how confident we are in our election and our calling, we must keep a state of preparedness. We must live as though the Lord is coming today. You know, as Brother Branham would say it, well, Daddy, why you got your shoes on? Or why, why you got the staff in your hand? And why do you have a piece of bread in one hand and a lamb in the other? And why those bitter herbs and things? And why are you eating it? Why is the sweat running off your face? Uh, what's that about? Said, son, death is about to strike. It was a time of desperation. And I believe we're in that kind of hour. It's a time of desperation. But we have heard the instructions of the prophet of God how to escape the judgments that are coming upon this earth and how to avoid the death angel and, and the curse that comes because of the death angel. And so the instruction was, we'll find in Exodus twelve twenty two, and you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in blood that is in the basin. And strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. So here was instructions. Take hyssop, dip it in blood that's in the basin. Strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that's in the basin. And none of you go out of the door of his house until morning. You know, I, I, as we're looking at this. We know Israel was commanded to stay under the blood until the marching orders came. You see, don't go out from under. Once, once, once under that token, you were sealed in there. You're not to leave that. You must stay right there and until the trumpet sound. And when the trumpets sound for everybody to leave, well, then it was time to leave. But until then, you must stay under the blood. You must stay under the token. Now, don't get confused with the term token. It is the Holy Ghost. So stay under the blood. How can we do that? How can we stay under the blood? How can I get the blood of Christ? It's not the physical elements of the blood. It's the life of the blood, the Holy Ghost. And you must stay under the blood, the Holy Ghost. The blood must be applied to every aspect of your life. You see, you must keep the Passover, and who is our lamb? 
Well, he tells you that in 1 Corinthians 5 and 6. He says, your glory is not good. Know you not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. So therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So now Paul teaches us that we are to constantly be keeping the feast. In other words, we are constantly in Passover. Every day partaking of Christ the Lamb. Eating the unleavened bread of sincerity of truth. Every day staying under the blood, the Holy Ghost. You see, again, as we're speaking of this, Paul is telling us we must keep this feast. So it's something that is continual that we will continually be in until the trumpet sounds. Until we leave this earth and go into glory, we are to be in Passover, continually in the feast, eating the blood of the lamb or eating the lamb and under the blood and and there on the taking of the unleavened bread. We are to be in Passover every day. It's not a one and done thing. It's something that you continually be under the blood. Your life filled with the Holy Ghost. Again, Brother Bradham saw this, you know, this end time as we go into it. He said he saw it as a a highway and everybody on it was afraid. And he said, what is everybody so afraid of? Because as a voice spoke to him and said, there's a great danger in these days. There's a hideous thing that's death when it strikes you. And, And again, he would see it then as a mamba snake. And it would be coming, going after brothers, you know, running after this one and, and chasing after that one. And he'd scream out, oh, God, have mercy. Yeah. And, and, and looking back, we can see where the serpent has bit ministers right, right, that right. used to sit on our platform. Right. We see it where it's bit deacons and trustees and song leaders and even many of our young people. But I tell you, we want to be able in this day to bind the mamba, the snake, the one that if you bind him, you can bind everyone beneath him. And so the voice was given to Brother Branham said, you have been given power to bind him. The worst are any. And he said, well, what must I do then, God? There's one thing you must do. You must be more sincere. So you can see right now it's calling for a a greater level of sincerity than we ever had as we approach this hour of darkness. And Brother Branham quickly said, God, forgive me for my insincerity and and, and let me have sincerity. And then he said, I raised my hand to him again and there was a great something come over me that just lifted me up and seemed like my whole body was charged with something. That's what we want, isn't it? Amen. To come into that level of sincerity that something just sweeps over us and a charge comes in us. Amen. That, that, we're whole, that our whole bodies are charged with something and we have a power then to withstand that Antichrist spirit. Amen. And so as we are here in this day and time, it's past time. 
It is past time that all leaven is purged and we come with a greater sincerity than ever. This hour calls for it. We often think of Passover as a meal. A meal that would last for a day. Maybe like a Thanksgiving day. But Paul said, Christ is our Passover. And if we are in Christ, then each day we are to keep the feast. You are to be continuously in Passover from the moment you get the Holy Ghost and the blood is applied. Because from that moment on till the time you leave here, you are to be in Passover. Now, so he said, take the blood and strike the two side posts and the upper door post. Notice where it says the blood must be applied in three places. With its three stripes upon your body, upon your spirit, and upon your soul. The whole house, the whole man. Amen. Come on. You see, uh, again, as, as Paul said in Thessalonians, I pray that God, oh, pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you, you are to be in Passover until the time you are called to go out for the exodus, for the rapture. Until the trumpet sound, you've got to stay underneath or behind the blood of the Lamb. You must be feeding on the Passover Lamb. You must be making ready to leave. Amen. Death is in the land. And we must have the token displayed within every aspect of our lives. And the leaven of sin removed. In the the church, the Holy Ghost must be on display with signs and wonders and gifts of the Spirit. The power of God and Holy Ghost filled lives. You see, this, is, this must be the manifestation you're looking for. There's something that, that, that takes place in you. Something that changes you. Your whole system, your whole spiritual system made new again. And you become a new creation in Christ. Amen. Now, so do you notice in our scripture reading, the Israelites was not to go out anymore. They were not to go out of the house after the token of the blood. The Holy Ghost is applied. And not only do you not go out, but that death angel can't come in. You see, the blood is a seal and you're to stay behind the blood. Colossians 3 and 3 says, For you are dead to sin and your life is hid with Christ in God. So again, as Brother Brandon said, many people will say, well, the devil came out and got me. He said, no, no, he never, you went out to him. The Bible said, you're dead. Your life is hid in God through Christ, sealed by the Holy Ghost. How could the devil get you? You went out. That's right. The devil never got you. And, and so you see, we're to stay behind the blood, stay in the house with a hidden, consecrated life. Amen. Not one that you're out here, as he says, dibble-dabbling with the world and impersonating and acting like them, but hid with Christ. 
you see, he said, you're trying to live like the next church. You're trying to belong to a better organization or wear better clothes or do so-and-so. That's not complied with Christianity. Christianity is a sacrifice life, hidden life with God through Christ, sealed by the Holy Ghost. And he said, the devil can't get to you. He can't. He has to come through the same process you did. If he did that, he'd be your brother, so he can't get to you. Amen. He can't come through that. Oh, I'm so glad. Amen. There is a blood that he cannot pass through. That you can be sealed in and the devil sealed out. Amen. That you can be protected in this time. That there is a, there is, the door is closed. It is sealed and the blood is over. And there is no going out and he cannot come in. What a consolation. That we can have that kind of life. Now, as we go back to Israel, they're coming out of Egypt. And they're on that Passover night. No one's out on the streets. And it's not because of curfews. There are no parties. There's no one drinking. There's no carousing around. All the Israelites have applied the blood. They have closed their doors. They're shut away. Inside the house. The Passover lamb has been accepted. And it's being eaten. Leaven, a type of sin, has been removed. Their loins are girt about them. Their robe is tucked down into their belt for walking and running. Their staff is in their hand. Their shoes are on their feet. They're ready to leave. You see, we've got to be in a state of readiness. We are here in the hour of the coming of the Lord. We have already seen a message come. That is, that is to turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers. We've got to be living in a state of readiness. For you don't know what hour the Lord will come. We're here in the day. We're here in the hour. We're in the moment when the, when the seventh seal has broken silence. And we're here in the finishing up of all things. And you've got to realize we must be in a state of readiness to go. Staff in our hands. Robe tucked in our belt for walking and running. Amen. Shoes on our feet. Ready to leave. Amen. That's who, that's who God's coming for. A people who's ready. Who love his appearing. Who can't wait for him to come back. Who that's their expectation. That they get up every morning, Lord, let this be the day you return. That they're living in that kind of life. Amen. Now, preparations are being made to leave because we're in a critical hour. But the church, the real church, as Brother Bradham says, not the denomination, but the church itself is ready for the greatest triumph that ever made the coming of the groom to the bride. We're here. We're on the very cusp of it. We're here in the day where the last message has come. The last church age has been running its course. And we're right here at the end of all things. Are you with me? That's where we are in time. We're about ready to step out of time into eternity. We are there. We're closer than we've ever been. You say, well, Brother Tim, you preached the coming of the Lord since you was a boy preacher for 50-something years. Yes, I have. And I'll tell you, he's come for a many. Yeah. 
There's been a many that laid across in front of this pulpit. Amen. That he came for. Yes, sir. He's came for many. He could come for you before this service is out. He could come for you before morning. Amen. We don't know when he will come for you. Amen. But he's also coming for a bride who has made herself ready. He promised it. Come on, church. It's not just a, a scripture for funerals. It's a prophecy. Amen. The Lord himself shall ascend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. This is not just, this is not just a funeral scripture. This is a prophecy, and you are here living to fulfill it. The blood must be applied. Must be applied with hyssop, with faith, in three places. The flesh, the spirit, and the soul. Come on. Amen. It's got to sanctify your mind, sanctify your body, cleanse your soul. Amen. It's got to do all the work. It's got for the whole man. Amen. This is a time of Passover. And you must, you must have the presence of the Lord in your dwellings. Can I say that there's also three places of Passover? The, must, the, the blood must be applied with hyssop, faith upon the church, your home, and the temple of your body. All three temples must be applied to body, spirit, and soul. And it must be applied to the church, the temple of God. Your home is to be a temple of God. And your body is a temple of God. All three places, the blood must be applied. The Holy Ghost must be applied there. We, we can't have a religion that we just live at church and, and live like devils at home. Amen. The same blood that's applied in the church must be applied in the home. Same thing with you. It's got to be to you individually. We're in Passover. We're not going to leave this. This state of being in Passover until we're called out of this dimension in the great exodus ahead. When the trumpet sounds. It's a time of darkness. And, the, and, and there's impersonators that abound. There was Janice and Jambres who withstood Moses with their impersonations, who were able to convince many not to get under the blood. Amen. You know, some Jewish scholars say that only one in five Israelites left Egypt with Moses. Only one in five left Egypt. I wonder if that's true. Only 20% of the Jews left Egypt. And this, of course, demoralized some because the majority of their brethren remained behind. Amen. And we've had impersonators arise to keep the church from having a true experience with God and receiving the token, the Holy Ghost. Impersonators have risen in this age. And Brother Branham recognized that the church had to come away from carnality of impersonating the new birth. And, and that, that many were just receiving an impersonation of either a, a Billy Graham intellectual conception or the Azusa Street fanaticism. 
So Brother Branham began to preach on where Pentecost failed. They just wouldn't grow up into Christ, but were just perpetuating their babyhood. You know, Ephraim wanted to plant corn in Manasseh's field. In other words, everybody wanted a healing ministry for the money, for the fame, for the power, for the glory that went with it. And Pentecost was refusing to go deeper with God and and have a genuine experience of the Holy Ghost. So Brother Brandon preached sermons like that, impersonation of Christianity. What was he telling us? There are impersonators rising that are trying to keep you in Egypt and keep you out of the rapture. These impersonation of Christianity, not only were the healing gifts being impersonated, but the Christian life was being impersonated by claims of just shake the preacher's hand, of an easy believism, or otherwise some fanatical sensation or a manufactured tongue, yet lives remaining unchanged. And instead, there was just a cheap impersonation of the gospel. And Brother Branham preached the sermon, The Hidden Life with Christ, showing us why people can't keep the victory. Because their manna wasn't lasting. Their light kept going out. He pointed out that they had failed to go all the way into the holiest of holies where the same pot of manna was that the original Pentecost had. A manna that never breed worms or gets stale. And they were falling short of the true baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he was showing us here, he said, these impersonators have risen to impersonate the real gift of God and and keep people from really going on with Christ. They had failed to come where the Shekinah glory light of the pillar of fire never dims or goes out. To come out, to, to come into a place where dead sticks Become like the rod of, you know, of, of Aaron. and It buds and it blooms in the presence of God. That's what it's to be. Come on, church. Amen. We're, we're not just a habit where the people sit on the pews for years and years and years like a dead stick. But to come into the presence of God, the Holy Ghost so real among us that it causes them to bloom and to bud and to bring forth fruit, life. Brother Brandon was showing that your life must be in Passover, in communion, sealed away with Christ, where you're sealed in, Satan sealed out, with a constant fellowship with Jesus. You see, that's a Christian life. Christian life isn't Sunday and Wednesday. Christian life is an everyday walk. Otherwise, it's just a denominational life. Now, to explain this, Brother Branham took us to Ezekiel 36 and verse 25. And if you got your Bibles, you can turn there with me. Ezekiel 36 and verse 25. Let's just read this. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from all your idols will I cleanse you. What is it? He's going to wash us. By the washing of the water by the word. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. 
and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them and you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. So Brother Branham shows us and he takes this and he shows us that the new heart is your intellects. And it's a new way of thinking. It's God enlarging the mind to, and makes the word of God to be believable. Amen. Now that's the new heart. And yet you can have your thinking changed and not have the Holy Ghost. So just let me read it from impersonation of Christianity. So God had to give you a new heart, not a passed up one, a new heart. That's the intellect that you think with, a new way of thinking. Then when he give you um, a new way of thinking, yes, that's right. The Bible looks to be reasonable. I used to not believe in that. I believe it now. Now, he said, that's your great revival. They say, yes, I don't want to go to hell. I want to accept Christ. That's all right. That's good. That's just your first step. Now, you see, this was Billy Graham and his revival. He was, uh, we, we had a, Jan, a Janice and a Jambres. Yes, Come on. We're standing Moses. Amen. At the same time, he goes forth. You have here Baptists having revival. Over here, the Pentecostals are having revival. And each one of them are, are, are having their, their men that are standing up, you know, with, with their, and Graham would, would have a rock star, a ball star, a movie star, have them all come up, give a testimony of how Christ had changed their life. Then he would preach. Listen to me. And the Spirit of God moved using that simple message. And thousands would come out under an anointing and flock to his altars, having received a new heart, a new thinking. The word is reasonable. I don't want to go to hell. I want to make heaven my home. And if a rock star or a movie star or a ball star or so-and-so thinks it's the right thing to do, well, I'll come a Christian too. You see, you see the, the Holy Ghost, though, is not a new thought. Although it will change your thinking. Amen. A new thought. We bring that concept right into the message. And you must have your thought changed. You must get a new heart. You know, and, and you, you must understand, you know, as we come bring that concept right in the message, you know, uh, why God is doing great things. God sent a prophet. I believe it. Seals are open. I believe it. Serpency. Well, that makes sense. You know what God is doing? He's giving you a new heart. Now, we give them knowledge and they receive it, but that's only a new heart. And that's the failure that is happening in many message churches today is we give them and impart to them a knowledge of the truth, but they never receive the person of truth. So like Billy Graham did, he gave the people knowledge that Jesus loved them, that he died for them. And they accept that knowledge and they believe it. But what do they have? A new heart. Amen. Now, Brother Branham calls this intellectual faith. 
He said, now that's uh, what's the matter with our revivals today. Uh, now, here it is now. Get it. Billy Graham, Jack Schuler, many great men, all Roberts, great evangelists on the field, has come this nation back and forth. Altar calls has been made to, enough to convert a thousand Americas. But the reason is only the people are brought to an intellectual faith. If they were just going a little deeper till that faith come from the intellectuals and soaked down in the soul, it would last. But that's the reason about 80% or 90% of the converts that comes in a revival is gone before six months. Because they only have an intellectual conception. But when it comes to an experience of being born again of the Spirit of God, that anchors to eternity. Now, that's the intellectual side of the message today. It's a new heart. And certainly it's wonderful. It's wonderful that the Word is believable. And that we gain understanding of the great mysteries. But still that isn't it. Paul said in, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 13 too, Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And yet not have charity. That's the basic element of God's nature that comes by the Holy Ghost. He said, I'm still nothing. I can understand all the mysteries. I can dot in the, 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 the I's on the seals and cross the T's and put the commas in the right place and the punctuation and know it back and forth. But that ain't the Holy Ghost. That's knowledge. You can do all of that and still not have the basic element of God's nature that comes by the Holy Ghost. You see, that's, that's the hyssop. You see, hyssop represents faith, and the blood is applied by faith. But I want to tell you, you can have all the hyssop you want and wave it in the face of the death angel. It will not save you from wrath. The tribulation is coming, and you're going to need faith. Amen. Just as Israel needed hyssop, but you must have the blood applied. Your, your faith wasn't given to you to accept a creed or a statement of faith. You know, the hyssop without the blood is just hyssop. Believing the message is not enough. Believing the seals are open and the great mysteries is only hyssop. Your faith is not to be in the seals. Your faith is to be in the blood that was shed personally for you. Amen. That he went, because he said, when I see the blood, when I see the Holy Ghost, that's when the death angel is going to pass. Not when I see you've got a knowledge of, of the seals or the knowledge of this mystery or, or you know, correct water baptism. You know, isn't it sad? So often in our converts, we bring them up to repentance and water baptism and never take them on to the Holy Ghost. You see, the, your faith must be anointed. It must be plunged. It must be dipped in the blood, the Holy Spirit, and applied to seal out the death angel. To have the hyssop is not enough. Say, I believe the message. That's not enough. Striking the doorpost with hyssop that's not dipped in blood will accomplish nothing. 
There are spiritual Israelites today who claim to believe and have a hyssop in their hands and not a trace of the blood. And because of this, you see the death angel all over them. It comes in their house with television, with Hollywood dress, with makeup, with pornography, with slothful, lazy lives, with no desperation, no sincerity, and no dedication. Amen. Amen. It, it comes, it comes, it's there, you know, where, where the whole lives, whole lives are being wasted today. Yes. And, you know, in, in, with, with, with just divulged in social media and, and, and divulged in, in gaming and all kinds of other stuff that, just, that is absolutely taken over the minds of people yes. to where men cannot be a father, yes. can't be a husband. Where young people cannot even finish college. Where they're up all night, you know, gaming and doing every other thing rather than, rather than doing things that are serious. You know, I had a young person come to a youth camp a few years ago. He was number three in the world for a certain video game. Number three. And some of the other kids were, you know, you know, saying, hey, you know, this kid here, he's number three in the world for this video game. And they were all excited about it. And I said, whoop-de-doo. You think that's going to get you a job? Think that'll make you a good husband? Do you think that'll make you a good Christian? What, what is that going to do for you? It don't do nothing for you. It's a waste of your time. It's the devil's way of occupying you with things that are insignificant. That are immaterial. That are even destructive. With every kind of violence and crime and everything else that you feed upon. No wonder we're seeing vomited out by our youth. All the violence and the crime that is there where there's no conscience anymore. Now... And the message token, Brother Brandon said, apply it, church. Don't fail, will you now? Don't, don't, don't let the sun set. Don't, 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 don't rest day or night. Don't take no chance. It won't work, children. It won't work. You must have the token. You say, I believe. Yes, I go. Yeah, I, I believe the message. That's all right. And that's good. But do you have, you, but you must have the token. Do you hear, Branham Tabernacle? You must have the token displayed. Without it, all your believing is in vain. See, you'll live a good life. You'll listen to what the Word says. You'll go to church. You'll try to live right. That's fine, but that's not it. When I see the blood. You see, this, this gospel is not a reformation. It is a transformation. Where it changes you from the inside out. Are you with me? And he said, don't come this far and say, I believe the message. You obey the messenger. Come into Christ. That's what the messenger was saying. Obey this. Come into Christ. Well, you say, but I believe every word you said, Brother Branham. That's good. But that's just being able to read. Amen. Take the message. Shake it in your heart that you must have the token. The very life that was in Christ be in you. When I see that, I will pass over you. Now, so now we read there in the scripture, he says, I'll give you a new heart. 
Then he said, I'll give you a new spirit. So here's the other side of the pendulum. One's on this side, one's on the other. And the new spirit is not the Holy Spirit either. No more than the new, than the new heart is. You see, but that's when the seed of your emotions get cleaned up and makes you new and you shout and you dance. Just as a new heart or, or thinking is important to your overall experience, you need a new spirit. Amen. The, as Brother Branham said in the, in the um, impersonation of Christianity, he said, I'll give you a new spirit. He said, now that ain't the Holy Spirit. And there's where the mistake's been made. A lot of people, many people come to the altar to pray. They get down praying and praying. They get to feeling a little better. They might get on up and go and jump around a little while. And after a while, you find out they just bounce, bounce, bounce. Right back again. They never received the Holy Ghost no matter how much they bounced. Or how much they screamed, or how much they had oil run out of their hands, or had bloody faces, or how much they spoke in tongues, or how much they shouted, or what that did. That had nothing to do with it all. That was only human emotions. They got a new spirit, and they rejoiced with it, and it's good. It's vital. Amen. We ought to be able to come to church, and our spirits get lifted. Amen. You hear the songs of Zion and you clap and you get to thinking about, whoa, you know, the great reward on the other side. It lifts your spirit. Amen. But again, he said that's human emotions. And he said, I'm going to say something. I want to seek deep. He said, there is the emotional side of the so-called Holy Ghost Church today. They get a lot of built-up fanaticism and run out there because they disregard the word. And they go, they go together. And he said, oh, we had a great meeting. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And when you do that and it don't bear the fruit of the Spirit, then you're in the new Spirit. You got emotional, but you're still in the new Spirit. It wasn't the Holy Spirit because you don't bear the fruit of it. So you, you see, you can believe and have a new heart and still not have the Holy Ghost. You can get a new Spirit and shout. And have your emotions charged by the word and not have the indwelling spirit. Amen. Now, but God wants to give you, take you beyond what can be impersonated. Amen. Did you hear me? Yeah. Into a hidden life with Christ where the world and sin is cut off. And you're behind the blood. Amen. Did you notice what he said? Let's look back in Ezekiel 36 verse 27. And I will put my spirit within you. And I will cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Notice what he said. He said, I will put my spirit. After I gave you a new heart, a new thinking, I gave you a new spirit. I dealt with your emotions. I cleaned you out. I made you to shout. He said, but I'm going to do more than that. I'm going to put my spirit within you, and my spirit will cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Amen. Amen. So the word will be lived from the inside out. Do you know only Christ can live the Christian life? I can't do it. Brother Branham couldn't do it. No mortal man can do it. Only Christ can do it. And it's only when you invite Christ in you can you live the Christian life because it'll be Christ in you living it out. I will put my spirit in you and I will cause you. 
going to cause you to walk in my steps. I'm going to cause you to keep my word. It'll be on the inside. It'll be the guiding light. It'll be the, it'll be the voice that, that will be directing you. Now, so you see, every man has to meet God face to face. Amen. You've got to get in that, in that place somewhere that you have an experience, your, your very own experience with God. You're not going in because your church does. You're not going in because you got a good pastor. You're not going in because there are good sermons preached from this church. You are only going in because you have met God and you've been filled with his Holy Spirit and your life has been changed. Amen. Now, Brother Branham talked to his nephew. You know, he said, you know, you've got to be born again of the Spirit of God. It's the only thing that will satisfy a human heart. He said, I know they got a substitute today about being born again. Just shake hands with the preacher and put your name on the book. But friends, that's dogma. That's not, not a Bible truth. If it would, the book of Acts of the Apostles, second chapter, would, I would have to read like this. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, the pastor walked out and shook hands with the people. But said when the day of Pentecost was fully come, at the inauguration of the church, there came a sound from heaven. Amen. And like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. That's how the Holy Spirit come the first time. That's how it come every time since that time. He's God and he changes not. For he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Every time the church ever received the Holy Ghost, it's always come like he did the first time under the same prescription. Acts 2.38 is never changed. Amen. It's an eternal prescription. Amen. You say, well, Brother Tim, we just, get the, we just get the Holy Ghost today just by believing God's in a prophet. We believe that. We got it. Brother Brennan said, I, I'm just the old-fashioned kind that likes the old-fashioned religion. He said, that's the way I got it down at the altar with somebody beating me in the back till I come through. Amen. That's what we need today instead of coming amongst this dried-eyed repentance and putting their name on the church book. This isn't about joining a church. This is not a, about becoming among a, a good group of people. No, that's not what this is about. It's not even about morals and, and how to be a good moral person. It's about being born again and transformed by the power of God and your nature changed where you don't desire the things of the world anymore. You see, there's a hidden life where the veil drops around and it seals the world out and seals sin out. And then there's a pot of manna that never gets stale. There's a light of this kind of glory that never dims and goes out. And where dead sticks come to life. Amen. You no longer belong to the world. You belong by God to God. He puts his seal upon you. Amen. Amen. What do you think that's going on that everybody's got to be marked in their flesh? What do you think that everybody's going around, you know, and you see it everywhere now? It's the thing. Everybody's got to be tattooed. Why do you see it? Because, because in the same hour, God is sealing and electing. And Satan is given an impersonation. Are you with me? Amen. You see, but there's going to be many that Brother Brandon said will go through the trial of tribulation and go into the tribulation because they think they're under the blood, but they're actually not. Because once you're under the blood, you are dead. and Your life is hid in him through God and sealed by the Holy Ghost. 
And you're not going to need to be purified for tribulation. Because you have been purified by the word of God and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And as Brother Branham said, once it's applied, everybody passing by can see. You're identified with your lamb. Amen. That the blood has been applied and the token of the life that was in the blood is upon you. And you're safe from wrath. Amen. And you don't go out anymore. You're sealed to the day of redemption. As Israel commanded to stay under that blood until marching orders come. Don't go out. Once under that token, they were sealed in that. Don't leave that. Amen. They stayed there until that midnight hour struck and the trumpet blew. When the trumpet blew, those old ram horns there began to blow. Every one of them come out of their house and began to walk out toward the promised land. Amen. And he said, so does a man or woman who's filled with the Holy Ghost. He's sealed away. He's secure from harm and danger. His whole life displays what he is. Wherever he walks, whatever business he does, whoever he talks to, when he comes in contact with women, when he comes in contact with associates, when he comes in contact with everything, that token is laying there. And when it comes to death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. The token lays there. When it comes to resurrection, he'll be there. For God will raise him up at the last day. Jesus said so. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Stay in the house. Stay under the blood. Don't leave it. Eat the lamb. Stay under the protection of the blood until you're called out for a rapture. This must be eaten in a state of preparedness of being ready to go. So from the slaying of the Passover lamb at Calvary until now, we have been in a time of darkness. That's right. Seven church ages. That's why, that's why there's candlesticks. That's why these seven golden lampstands and seven stars, these, these come out at night. Somebody help me preach. We have been since the sun, the S-O-N, or our, our S-U-N, the sun, S-O-N, has went and left the earth. We, we have been in a time of night. We have been going to the watches, and we're here in the seventh watch. And it's in the seventh watch that he is to come. And you are to stay there and, and under the Passover, stay in until the trumpet sounds in the morning. Exodus 12, 22, you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the basin that is in, in the blood that is in the basin, strike the lintel, the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin, and none of you shall go out the door of his house until the morning. Until Jesus comes back. Stay under that blood until morning. Until that morning breaks eternal, bright and fair. Amen. Because the evening shadows are appearing and wrath is being poured out on the nations. Amen. You know, every kind of evil thing that's coming out in the night. And in this moment, God is requiring a token that you yourself has received the Holy Ghost. And it's the only thing, the only sign that, will, that he will ever pass over. And, and what is it? It is the literal life of Jesus Christ. It's not a jump. It's not a shout. It's not a knowledge. It's the literal life of Jesus Christ. Return back to the believer. Amen. 
Now, Brother Branham called his message the token, the sermon that was needed to follow the seals. And it was, a, it was a sermon declaring that the literal life of Jesus Christ, the token, the Holy Ghost, has returned to the church. And it's a prophet's message. You must come under that life. Amen. That the Holy Ghost is a prerequisite to the rapture. Without it, you're not going. Just simple as that. He talks about it as a capping off time. He said, this message of the token was the highlights of my message of my entire ministry. A highlight message of my entire ministry. This is how important this is. Amen. He said, I know everything was worth for months and months and months up to that one message. Moving up to that place, that that was a capping off time. Of course, he said, um, he says, I believe with all the messages I've ever brought, that absolute was uh, uh, ordained of God outside, of course, the regular commission like the seven seals and the things. That was directly the word of God. I'm talking about a message to preach. I believe that was one was it. That's the one needed to follow those seals. And he said, watch now, after come after the seven seals, uniting time of the people, united signs, red light flashing in the last days, sign of women getting prettier, man, what they would do, and all these signs of the Holy Spirit leading up, and then come back right here, this capping off of all these messages since the seven seals is capped off in this one thing, the token. The one needed to follow those seals. The token, the sign that the Holy Ghost, the life of the blood has been applied to our lives is what need, what is needed to be preached. And listen, let me tell you, I, maybe I'm venturing out too far tonight. But it's what needs to be preached after nearly 60 years now of preaching on the seals and the mighty angel and the open book and discovering where we got off through the ages. It's past time. To come back to a book of Acts church. Amen. It's past time to see the Holy Ghost on display with signs and wonders in the church. Amen. We we have, uh, listen, when Brother Branham left us, he left us a car that was running. It would drive down to divine healing. It would drive down to miracles. It would drive down to signs and wonders. Somebody help me preach. Amen. It would drive down to every need that you have to deliver it. Somebody help me preach. Amen. It's the truth. It was running. But we've had a lot fiddle-faddling with the message. Tinkering with it back and forth. Trying to fix this and adjust that and make it sound better here and intellectualize it there and whatever until many times the car is sitting there dead as 12 o'clock midnight and it ain't left the carport in years. But I'm telling you, church, the prophet left us a message that works. Amen. Men have fiddle-faddled with it until signs don't follow the believer. Till divine healing is not wanted. Till there's no prayer lines in the church. Till there's no altar calls anymore. Amen. We, we have done it until, until it, you know, the church is sitting there and it won't drive to divine healing. It won't drive to the, to the voice of the Spirit of God speaking through the gifts. It won't drive down to, to, to miracles. But I tell you, church, it's time we come back to the dynamics because there's plenty of energy that lays in this Word. All it needs is igniting. 
Hallelujah. All it needs is the Holy Ghost fire. We're in a time death angels in the land. Churches are dying. Homes are dying. Stalwart believers are dying. Men who used to be deacons or trustees or song leaders dying. Preachers dying. Death angels in the land. This is serious. You know, you can imagine, we know this, those big black wings drop down from the sky like a smoke. And let me tell you, that's the way Brother Branham described the death angel, like a smoke settling over the city. The Bible said when the, when the, in Revelations 9, when the, when, the, when the bottomless pit is opened, that there's smoke that rises out, out of the bottomless pit, and then out of the smoke, every kind of demon spirits begin to go out into the land. And it gets smoke, gets into, it gets in your clothes, it gets in the furniture, it gets in every crevice of humanity. Come on, it's got into our government, it's got into our schools, it's got into our homes. It's getting everywhere, it gets in your neighborhood, it's everywhere. You are seeing death. People are dying everywhere. Yet we had a message that told us exactly what to do. Get under the token. Be under the blood. You know, like the little boy coming in the beginning of our message. Daddy, are you sure? Are you positive? How many daddies are ready? How many daddies got their staff in their hands as they're prayed up? Can your child see that you're ready? Listen, I've had people, you know, that, that's come to me and said, Brother Tim, I was raised in what was be a message home, but it wasn't Christian. They went to church, but we never saw Christ in our home. Can your child see that you're ready? Can your wife see it? Can your husband see it? You know, one of the greatest detriments to this message is that what you're living at home is not what you're claiming to be at church. Daddy, what you got your shoes on for? What's the staff in the hand? Why you got that piece of bread in one hand, lamb in the other why is it the bitter herbs and things? What are you eating? Why is the sweat running off your face? Why, why, are you, why are you eating that unleavened bread of sincerity and truth? Because it's going to take more, than, more sincerity than, than ever to bind this serpent. We're the people that must bind death and be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. This is a serious hour. And God's demanded a more sincerity than ever before. More of a dedication than ever before. We can't just keep playing church. We cannot perpetuate another generation. We are the last generation. We must break the cycle because every generation has, has had its cycle of revival and death. And revival and death. And they have a revival and go down to death. We must break the cycle. There's got to be a people change in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Son, 
The reason I'm doing this, death is fixing to strike. Time of desperation. Got to be ready to leave. Brother Branham said, I believe we played long enough. And he said, that message of the token that I preached this morning ought to throw this entire congregation into desperation. That we played long enough. We went to church long enough. We got to do something. How is it we can see these other great signs and wonders done on others? And what about us? It should cause a state of desperation that we are determined before God. Amen. That the signs of his coming should bring this entire congregation when we read it from the Word. And the Holy Spirit has told us, go to a certain, certain place, certain, certain thing would happen. And we go there and the newspapers pack it, the magazine pack it, show the picture of it, and come back here and see these great mysteries hidden in the Bible opened up to us and on a new field that we never knew before. And that perfectly blends into the coming of the Lord. Passover. Amen. It represents salvation. Saved from death. You know, that's the deal. Today, we want to be one and done. There's a lot of people living off of their experience of 40 years ago. You've got to have a fresh and up-to-date experience. You see, it isn't eating Passover and then going out about your merry business. It's everyday eating Passover. It's everyday partaking of the Lamb. It's every day eating of the unleavened bread. It isn't one and done. Well, I got the Holy Ghost. Well, get another dose of it. Get a refilling of it. Amen. Let the power fall. Amen. It's good for what you had, but it's time that you have a take another step higher. Move into a dimension beyond where you've been. You see, it's more than the initial striking of the blood. But once you come under the blood, under that initial striking, that's the token, the Holy Ghost. Once the baptism of the Holy Ghost comes and take the Lamb. Now, wait a minute. What's the instructions? Don't cut it apart. You see, Baptists will only want their favorite part. Methodist takes another part, and that's their favorite. But in this Passover, nothing is to be excluded. The whole lamb must be eating, nothing excluded. It must not be separated and pulled apart. There must not be a bone of it broken. The whole lamb, somebody help me preach. The whole lamb must be eaten. You see, the real Passover is not about your favorite quote or your favorite scripture or your favorite preacher. The real Passover is eating the whole lamb. Eat it all. Amen. Amen. Roast it with fire. To have the Passover, you've got to have fire in your dwelling. Come on. You've got to have fire in this temple. You've got to have fire in your home. You've got to have fire in the church. Amen. You must have the wood of the word of God and you must have it lit with a fiery experience. Amen. And then there must be a fire leaping and roaring around that lamb. The fire must touch the word. 
It must bring it to the right temperature where it's done, where it's well prepared. Come on. Because he said, don't eat it raw. Amen. The fire must touch it. You see, the fire must touch the word. The fire must get all over it. It's got to be flavored with fire. Come on, church. That's exactly right. We, we need the word preached, but we need it flavored with fire. Not flavored with psychology. Not flavored with men's ideas. We must have it flavored with fire. That the fire give us that nice charred taste. That wonderful flavor. The, you know, and the juices begin to run out of it. You need the, we need the Holy Ghost in this church when the word is preached that the juices run out of the word and it runs down your chin and down there. Amen. All over you. Come on. That the life of that lamb is on display right in the church. Don't eat it raw. Eat it not of it raw, nor sodden it all with water, but roast it with fire. His head with his legs with the pureness thereof. Now, in the Passover, there's some parts that aren't as desirable as other parts. But in the Passover, you eat it all. Amen. It's, you know, it's the head all the way to the tail. The whole thing was put on. The, was put on. Come on. You know what they would do? They would put a skewer all the way from the tail and work it all the way through the body, all the way down to the head. And they, here they would have it uh, there. And, and in the middle, they would take, and take another skewer and they would open up the rib cage and, and run it through the arms. It was a perfect cross. Yes, sir. Amen. And with, the, with it on the cross, amen, then the fire there is it would turn on the fire. Amen. It would cook all of the parts. And the fire would give it the taste. That's what we need. That's what we need to flavor our message in this day. Come on. Not fancy preaching. The fire of God. The Holy Ghost. To get in the meat and to take that word and put some flavor into it. Don't worry, you want to eat every bit of it. You know, when you eat the book, it's sweet to the taste, but some of it's hard to keep down. Right? But you got to eat it all. Keep it down. And that's what's the matter with many of our churches. We're not getting the fire of the Holy Ghost around the Word. And it's being served too raw. Amen. Many times it's just cold creeds. Because we're not getting it hot enough. Build up that fire. It needs to lick around that lamb. Until the juices run out. The seasoning of the lamb must come from the flame of fire of the Holy Ghost. You build a fire with the wood, get the fire of the Holy Ghost on it. You know why? Because dead preachers give out dead sermons. And dead sermons kill. Amen. Now notice it said, don't be sodden with water. Don't soak it in the lamb. Because you can soak into the lamb any kind of doctrine or idea. That's why he said, don't put it in water. Don't soak it in water. Don't cook it in water. Amen. Roast it with fire. Don't put it in water. You, you see, it is dangerous to misconstrue the word. Brother Branham said, to doubt, misconstrue his word, or doubt one word, 
it was total annihilation and eternal separation from God to misconstrue that messenger's word. So it's really important. Don't bring your other ideas. Don't go out there searching in, in denominationalism and looking there for something good to preach or good to bring in. Come on. We got it. The lamb, the message. Keep it pure. Amen. Don't soak it with all kinds of additions or wild gourds or, or that flavor the meat. Mixed with the word, some intellectualism, idea of man. That's death in the pot. Amen. This is added 11 back to the Passover meal. And it brings, makes people vulnerable to the death angel. Hmm. It makes a bunch of carnal believers like Lot who barely escaped the burning of the tribulation period and can never live an overcoming life. I don't know. I, you know, I don't want a church full of lots. God bless them. And I hope they'll make it through the tribulation, but that's not my goal. I want to see some, I want to see some real children of Abraham, some real believer, because death is in the land. I mean, just read it in your newspapers or, or, your, or, or in the news. You know, California lawmakers just recently passed a measure forcing pastors to embrace the LGBT Theology, you're facing it in your schools. Who ever heard of the insanity that we are seeing? I mean, they're doing everything they can uh, in the name of freedom and liberty. We're going to protect our liberty so that uh, a man can decide if he's a woman or a girl can decide if she's a man. That's liberty. That's not liberty. That's bondage. Jill, don't you realize, don't you realize uh, that's a vulturism of Satan? He'll come right down there and fill you so full of drugs and everything else to try to make you something that you're not. Amen. But, but, but according to Revelation 13, America will turn from being like a lamb with freedom of religion to speak as the dragon. We got to be ready for an exodus. Because the tribulation that the church has left behind is going to be hunted down and slaughtered. And they're already setting it into motions. The churches are under attack. They're dying. The, 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 the lethargy, the lukewarmness of the age has altered the minds of the people, dulling their senses. Well, I guess it's okay, you know. You want to be uh, believe in abortion? Well, that's okay. It's a woman's body. That's a child. Amen. That's a life. Amen. God said a life for life. This is, this, is, this is where we're at in this day. That we, we've come to where, where mothers are wanting to kill their own babies. You know, the death angel is coming, bringing in sin and sodomy and perversion and abortions and assisted suicide. And, and the list don't stop. It goes on and on. And even message youth and adults, you will find some of them in pornographies, sex sins, ungodly, vulgar, gory, violent movies. And they've opened themselves up to demon possessions. You may not believe it, but I've met it in prayer lines. 
Amen. One, of, one, of, one that I met in the prayer line was a girl that came in, and as I anointed with oil, she immediately hunkered down, her, her countenance changed, and, and, and she began to growl. And she's going, ah. And I told her, you know, and she was coming and, and said, I won't come out. I won't come out. I won't come out. She was striking at me, couldn't hit me. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and I asked her. I talked to her after. I said, you know, because the spirit got cast out. I said, where'd this come in? She said, it came in through the imagination. It wasn't some act I actually done, but it was things I was looking at. Amen. Pornography will take you down into places you don't want to be. Into demon possession. It's a, it is adultery. It is fornication. It is sex sin. It is not right. It is filthiness. And you can't have the Holy Ghost and do it. Because the Holy Ghost will cause you to walk in His statutes and keep His judgments. Think about it. I hear the cries of pastors as people leave the message. Deacons, trustees, song leaders, people who just who seem to be sound in the faith for years. I was just at a church here here a few weeks ago where the song leader walked out with another woman in the church. After being song leader for 30 years. People who seem to be solid in the faith. Look like pillars in the church. Now rejecting the truth. And now living sordid, sinful lives. Leaving wives and little children. Bringing, bringing harm. I see it in the prayer lines. People confessing lust and porn addiction. And, uh, grown men, women, young people, boys, girls. Depression, fear, anxiety, suicide, yes. torn apart families, wrecked homes, yes. adulteries are exposed and fornication is discovered among the youth and porn and game addiction has led to devil possession. Yes. And the sin of every kind is coming in the church. Yes. And among the church... There are those who sit there who have never overcome habits. They can never learn even the basics of attending church, of paying tithe, just doing the basics. There, there's lukewarmness and indifference. Oh, predestination. Oh, yes, we believe we're predestinated. We believe God's going to pick us up in the rapture and clean us up and do it without any effort or desire on our own. He'll just do it because we're predestinated. You've got to be under the blood. This is a serious hour. You must be under the blood. And it's more than just getting blood on your flesh and, and you just quit cutting your hair or painting your face or smoking or something like that. It's more than getting it in your spirit realm and having your memory and your other senses purged. It brings you into an intimate fellowship where you eat the lamb 
and the unleavened bread. There's a soberness, and yet there's a joy. You know, it's a joy. It's a joy in my heart thinking, this is our last day on the earth. Not my last day, it's Satan's last day. Amen. Because I'm still going to be, I'm still going to be in eternity rejoicing. Amen. So it's not my last day. But we are coming to our last days here. And just think of it, we're coming to that last night like they were in Egypt. I want you to think of a minute. That last night. There they are. They've had that lamb kept up. They found he was without blemish. He was accepted. Now then he comes. He is slain. They're roasting him with fire. They're taking all the leaven out of the house. They're eating the bread of haste. You know, they're getting ready. It's a sober hour. They hear the screams through the night of the death angel passing through. I can imagine in that house, maybe a young man saying, Daddy, you know that slave master, he was a firstborn. Yes, son, tonight he will be dead. He will never threaten your life again. His whip will lay silent. Never will that hand pick it up again. He's going to die tonight. Oh, if I could get that to some of you that have been in sin slavery. Amen. That porn habit can die tonight. That slave master can never rule you again. Amen. That game addiction will go tonight. Those drugs, that alcohol, that other thing. Come on. That hand will lay silent. He's going to die tonight. I'm telling you, friends, we're not the ones going to die. We're leaving out of here. But the death, but that, but that, that slave master is going to die. Yeah, son, you're right. Tonight he'll be dead. He'll never threaten your life again. So don't you remember Pharaoh's head taskmaster? His name is Sin. He made you to smoke. Daddy, you remember he made you smoke and drink and abused you with drugs. Made you stay up all night addicted to porn and video games. That chief slave master with his whip, he fed you all that stuff. You know, we Israelites was not to eat that which was unholy. But he fed you that filth. You know, he fed you all that violence. You know, where you were eating all of that and killing and Robin and all this on these video games and pornography and movies and, and, and sin made you lazy and it stole your time and robbed us of being a family and made us dysfunctional. But he's going to die tonight. Amen. I believe in that. Even in this church tonight, he's going to die tonight. Amen. Tomorrow when we leave, Israel's going to be, or Egypt's going to be busy burying their dead. It's the night of the Passover. And the father has taken the slain lamb into the house. 
The blood has been applied to the doorpost and to the lintel, both sides of the doorpost. Mama comes in. Dad, now you know Moses instructed us, get a lamb just big enough for your house. And that's an awful big lamb you got there. Because Moses said, just enough for a house now. And daddy says, well, mama, you're forgetting something. We ain't leaving a hoof behind. We ain't leaving anybody behind. I, I'm still believing somehow our children are going to come in. Might be a late hour, but you know, I got a big enough lamb to feed us all. Hallelujah. You know, Israel was a, was a people that was in slavery. That every pretty girl would be taken at their own will. The Egyptians forced into being a sex slave. Taken out of the home of her parents. Yeah. They were in slavery. In bondage. They had no rights. No advocates. Here... Here the taskmasters could just come in, get a pretty girl, take her out. But it's Passover. Death angel's coming. And in a moment, all of a sudden I hear a knock at the door. It's not the death angel. He ain't going to get close to the blood. So who is it? Better let whoever it is in the house Because nobody should be outside on a night like this. So who is it? Oh, oh. He opens the door. It's sis. Daddy, you know, slave master sin. You remember that night he drugged me out of the house? And you and mama was screaming and crying, oh, God, oh, God, deliver my daughter. And he drugged me out of my house, out of the house. Out from under protection and he made me his sex slave. Well, I've been sneaking around online. I've been hearing some of these sermons from the church here. And I heard that God is visiting his people. I heard that about cancers are leaving and brain beads are being healed and the glory is returning to the church and barren women are receiving life. And I slipped in away tonight because I hear that God is delivering his people and I want to go in this exodus. What's this? Why do you have that Egyptian pain on your eyes? We're, you know we're not Egyptians. Yeah. That big, ugly slave master called sin did that to me. Well, look, you've got Egyptian clothes on. Why why you look like a whore? Yeah, sin made a whore out of me. And I sold my virtues. But you know what, Daddy? Just give me a rag. I just walked in from under the blood. Amen. That pain is coming off. Give me back my Hebrew garments. I'm not a sex slave slave to sin anymore. Amen. I don't belong to the devil. Daddy looks over at mama and says, Mama, I told you I didn't make too much lamb. All of a sudden, here comes another knock on the door. Oh, watch out. It might be the death angel. No, I don't think so. He won't come around the blood. It's not the death angel. Well, who is it? Better let whoever it is in the house. They shouldn't be out on a night like that. Why? It's our son. 
is our son, the taskmaster, drug out of the house. Come on in, son. Dad's a striking, and you're only safe under the token of this blood. Yeah, Daddy, I've been listening. I heard a message from the message hub, and I heard that the prophet said, we're leaving in the morning, and I just can't stay here in Egypt, so I snuck out of Sin's house where he had sat me up with a pagan girl. Come on in, son. But you know you can't stay here with them cigarettes. There ain't no leaven allowed. Oh, I know, Daddy. But when I came under the token of the blood, the drugs left. The cigarettes left. The porn left. The perverted spirits are gone. Come on in, son. It's a cold night. Come warm yourself by the fire. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, you want fire in your house. You want the lamb there. You want enough lamb. Hallelujah. We want it big enough the prodigals can come home. The sinner, the one that is left, your children are outside. Come on. And we want it there where the blood's applied, where there's a place of safety. Come on in. Cold night, warm yourself by the fire. Don't you remember that wonderful lamb that we've been keeping up? I know you love that lamb, but he had to die in your place. Son, have a bite of this lamb. It's better than the bitter than, than the leeks and the, the garlics of Egypt. It's better than that. We've been to Calvary. They took him, they didn't break a bone. It's a whole lamb. Amen. We, we, took, we took, he was hung on a cross, and we're having a whole lamb, except for the skin. Did you notice that? The whole lamb, except for the skin. I want to say, don't worry. The skin is off. The word has been unsealed. Hallelujah. Amen. And we got unleavened bread. No knowledge of man added to puff it up. No sin doctrines of the seven ages added to it. Pure unleavened bread. We're in the last age. And the prophet told us to get rid of the leaven. Get it out of the church. Trinitarian ideas, false baptism, all kinds of unbelief. There must be a fire in the dwelling. Lamb roasted with fire. Must be in your life. In your life. In your home. In the church. Amen. It's a real fire, not a painted fire. Come on. Painted fires of what? Of something that was 50 years ago is not going to roast the lamb. It's not going to warm the house. Think about what we're saying. Brother Branham told us all the way back. He said, we, he said, I believe He said, I believe our faith isn't ripe. This is one of the last messages he preached. Our faith isn't right. Intellectually, we're hearing the message that God has given us. Seeing the signs that he's shown us, proven it by the Bible. But how the church needs to lay in his presence. Oh, think of that. 
He mentions Ananias and Sapphira. Twice he mentions it just before he leaves in, 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 in April. He said this building ought to be sitting so full of the power of God till a sinner couldn't stay here without the Holy Spirit condemning it right out like Ananias and Sapphira. Last sermon he preaches, he says, he said, you know, the hour will soon arise when right among us the Holy Spirit will speak out like it did in Ananias and Sapphira. Remember, that hour is arriving. Just remember, God is going to dwell among his people. That's what he wants to do now. Oh, church, what a church we will be when sin is no longer legislated out by the preacher. But sin can't stay because of the Holy Spirit exposes it. Think about it. Can you imagine the night of the past, that Passover, tasting the sweetness of the lamb, the unleavened bread, the awesome presence of God in ever dwelling, no longer hearing the message intellectually like we've done for the past 60 years. And just getting an understanding, but it's changing us, maturing us, ripening our faith. This hour laying in the presence of the Son, the Holy Ghost, and it's just bathing down upon us, washing us. Not an intellectual understanding or receiving of knowledge, but bathing in His presence. A people full of the Holy Ghost. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be said of this tabernacle? It's a place filled with the Spirit. The people there are filled with the Holy Ghost. All the way to Grandma. Grandma, get a bite of this lamb. You know, Egypt, their last day arrived. The death angel was in the lamb. The last night, a token was given. The blood applied. The whole lamb, the unleavened bread being eaten. The staff in their hands. The shoes on their feet. The the cloak tucked in their belt, their loins girded, ready for the exodus. And then the morning dawned. I'm going to be so glad when it's all over. I can't wait for that. I want you to read about it in Psalms 105, 36. And I'm trying to come down to a close. He smote also all the firstborn in their land, the chief of all their strength. Psalms 105, 36. And he's about to smite your enemies. He's about to cheat the angel of death. Verse 37. He brought them forth also with silver and gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Think of that. I, I, I want to ask you a question. Do you believe they crossed the Red Sea on dry land? How many believes that? Raise your hand. Do you believe that Jonah lived in the belly of a whale for three days and three nights? Do you believe that Lazarus came forth after four days? Do you believe that Jesus rose from the tomb after a brutal crucifixion that left him lifeless and he rose again? Well, I wanted you to believe this too. When he brought them forth, there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Little old granny, 
Think of this. You know, they had all kinds. They had old, they had young, they had old. They, they were all leaving. And little old granny was grasping, gasping her last breath. She was laying over the cot dying in the home. And the lamb was being roasted. And the blood had been applied. Come on. And she took one, you know, she, she was getting her last breath. And they said, Get a bite of this lamb in your mouth, Granny. Take a bite of this unleavened bread. And she began to chew on that lamb. Come on. And that bread and strength began to come in her. And she went back to her beginning and had a Pentecostal revival. Hallelujah. I tell you, that's exactly what happened to an old church. To an old church, this old granny and dying and grasping her last breath. Come on. Amen. Get one bite of this lamb. Get a bite of this unleavened bread. And there won't be one feeble one among us. Sin will be gone. Sickness will be gone. There'll be healing throughout the church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I saw a little sister in our church who was dying with four states of Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. And she got a bite of that lamb one morning while I was preaching and danced all over the church and went back to the doctor the next day without a trace of cancer. Amen. I saw another little girl there with, with her, all her hair gone because of alopecia, uh, 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 an autoimmune disease. And it was all gone and she had no hair. And I tell you, she got a bite of that lamb. Walked into a prayer line with three little bobby pins and said, I want to be able to wear these. And hair came back on her head and on her body. And she got long hair today. And the glory returned. Why? Because she got a bite of that lamb. Amen. And I tell you, you get a real bite of that lamb and eat that lamb, it will go back to the beginning, leave in time, and go into the eternals. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall raise and be raised incorruptible. We shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. And so when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. We got some word to fulfill, church. Amen. Before the trumpet, you know, as the trumpet blows, you remember they were down there and they said, look, we're fixing to leave, but don't forget the bones. There was Joseph bones where they had looked for all those years. All those years they would look at that, them bones there, that coffin, and they said, one day we're going to leave here. Brother Brandon said, we have the same thing. He said, we look to an empty tomb, and we know that one day every grave is going to be empty. Every grave of every child of God. Amen. And every one of us slaves. Well, I'll tell you what, all the dead in Christ is going with us. 
in this Passover, come on, in this Exodus, all the dead in Christ, we're not going to forget one of those bones. Those bones that are, that's laid there in the grave, they're going to come up. Hallelujah. We will have the ultimate victory over death. Death won't hold our loved ones and death won't remain in our bodies, but we'll be changed in a moment and a twinkling of an eye. Praise the Lord. My, what we ought to do tonight is pinch our, pinch our conscience. Realize the hour that we're living in, realizing we must be desperate to perish. Brother Branham said, there's coming forth something from the Lord. I know it is, thus saith the Lord. And we must get desperate. It's between life and death. Think of that. We're leaving. We're leaving. And we're leaving with a high hand. Hallelujah. We're not leaving a hook behind. Our children aren't going to stay. Come on. Amen. We're not leaving one of our kids. Amen. Grannies are going to be changed. Amen. Even a 2,000-year-old Sarah is going to jump and dance again. Have life in her. Come on. Hallelujah. For we'll be changed in a moment and a twinkling of an eye. This is Passover. Eat the lamb. Eat the unleavened bread. Search out the leaven in your life. Get rid of the bitterness, the strife, the unbelief. Get one purpose, one goal. Get them in one mind, one accord. What do you want me to be, Brother Tim? To be a great church, to be the bride of Jesus Christ, to be that spotless bride without spot or wrinkle. Let's determine in our hearts because there's coming a showdown. And Brother Branham said, then in the latter rain there'll come a Mount Carmel showdown. Bible fulfilled to the letter. Jesus will be the showdown between denominations and creed, which is his word. When he comes, a showdown, the rapture of the bride. We're in the hour of the showdown. I want you to bow your heads with me. Maybe the musicians can come. There will be a showdown. Criticize all you want. Find fault and ridicule. Some golden daybreak, Jesus will come. Some golden daybreak, it's going to all be over. Are you in a state of preparedness? Is there really, really, truly a real dedication? Is there depth of sincerity? Do you want to be one who binds that serpent? Do you want to be one of those who cheats death of its final victory and you be victorious over it? Is that what you want? Can you go through your house and say, Lord, there's been some leaven here. There's some things I've let in. I've let them down the bars. There's no fire in my dwelling. It ain't burning high. I I hadn't been putting on the wood of the Word of God. I hadn't been in my Bible. I hadn't been listening to the Word of God. 
I'm not really consecrated. You know, we come to this place and we come to dedicate a church. But what good is it to pray over a building unless the people are dedicated? Is your life worthy of the gospel? Are you living that kind of life? Brother Branham said a life that doesn't walk with Jesus every day is a denominational life. You could do that just being a Baptist or a Methodist. You didn't come into this message to fail. You didn't lead the world and all of it is just to fall short. You didn't dedicate yourself to this. To not make it all the way. I'm asking you. Is the fire in your dwelling? Well, leaven's there. Leaven's there. Sin's there. Any time you make a real surrender, any time that you really become that, have that dedicated walk with Christ, quit playing church. Any time you really have a surrendered life, any time you go all the way. Oh, Brother Tim, but I, I believe Brother Branham's a prophet. Yeah, that's a Billy Graham revival. You believe. Intellectualism. I, I, I know, Brother Tim, the seals are open. I believe that. I, 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 I believe all this word. I, Brother Branham said, I believe it. Yep. That's a, a new heart. Well, I, I, I tell you what, I, I, I went through a prayer line and I shouted and and I danced in the spirit, Brother Tim. It was wonderful. Yeah. But if you're not living a Christian life, you just got it in the spirit. God said, I'll put my spirit in you. Listen, church, it's real. It's not a fantasy. It's possible. You can have it. He said, I'll put my spirit in you, and I'll cause you to walk. You won't have to try to live a Christian life anymore. It won't be hard. I try, Brother Tim. I try so hard. I said, you won't have to try no more. You know, if you ever get him on the inside of you, you'll never have to hear a, a sermon preached on morals and Holiness. You, you'll never have to hear that priest again. Because he'll be the inside teacher. Convicting you of sin. He'll go shopping with you. He'll pick out your clothes. 
You, you won't have to battle makeup no more. And I, I want to look like the Egyptians out there. You won't have to do it. It'll all be gone. You don't have to live short of this. When God made a promise. There's already one coming out at the altar. Maybe there's another. You realize in your dwelling the fire isn't there. You know, it's, you're just not producing the fruits. The life isn't there. God bless you. He sees you. He hears you. Amen. What, what about you, Dad? Are you consecrated? Can your kids see you, that you're ready, the staff's in your hand? Can your wife see it? Can they testify? Yeah, my dad's a real Christian. shown in his job, in his home. He leads in prayer. He's committed. He's consecrated. He esteems the word of God above his necessary meat. He loves Jesus with all his heart. That's what he wants. Listen, it's not rules and regulations God wants. He never did want that. He just wanted somebody to love him with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their being. He said, there ain't a bunch of laws. My brother Tim and this is laws, and you just can't do this, and you can't do that. Yeah. It is law to you. It's to show you you lack him. It's, it's the taskmaster. Or the law is the schoolmaster, I meant to say. It tells you you're wrong, but it don't save you. But it, it makes you know, I need a Savior. And when you hear things that a priest that says, this is sin, this is wrong, it's to point out to you, I need a Savior. You need a saving. You need a deliverer. He'll deliver. He'll lead you to Christ. And then it won't be a law anymore. Because it changes your nature. It'll take you from where you lived like a pig in the slop of the world. And you no longer want it. You've been elevated so much by being born again. You're no longer a pig. Slop doesn't look good. The world and sin doesn't look good. Is there fire in your dwelling? Is there leaven there? Is it the whole lamb or just favorite parts? Are you in Passover? Have you been sealed in to the day of redemption? Maybe you're there in your seat. You just say, Brother Tim, would you just pray for me tonight? Pray for me. I, I, I realize I need something more. I need something more. Dear God, tonight, I pray for these hearts, Lord. Pray for these lives, Lord, to these around the altar, for these here in this congregation that you're dealing with their hearts. They must have the token. We can't make it without it. I pray, Lord, that you'll cleanse every life and every heart, Lord. 
May every soul do some soul searching. May it be, Lord, that your fire comes in the dwellings. The Holy Ghost in the, in the temple of humanities, in their bodies of your people. The Holy Ghost in their homes. The Holy Ghost in the church. Lord, move by your spirit now. I pray, Lord, that things that has bound these people will, and hindered them will lead them now. In the name of Jesus, I speak victory over them tonight. I speak healing over them. I speak salvation. I speak the blessings of God over them right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. I, I release, Lord, oh God, your Holy Spirit and the anointing of God to go out to their lives right now to them. As they come to you with all their hearts. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Brother Joseph, come help me pray for these around. Amen. Brother Jonathan. Amen. Lead us in a song, brother. Let's just worship the Lord together. The blood that Jesus shed for me way way back on Calvary oh it's the blood that gives me
challenge our hearts tonight to bring us into that fullness of the Holy Spirit in this age. You know, Jesus, he told his disciples to beware of the leaven of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. It was their false doctrines. And we have, we have it in our ranks. They'll tell you, you can't come to the altar. You can't, you can't, you can't pray through. You can't be healed. There's no such thing as that anymore. That's for another day. Friends, I'll tell you, beware, beware of the leavens. Cry out to God right where you're at. God, save me. Like Peter, God, save me lest I die. Touch my life. Touch my family. Touch my mind. Get rid of, get rid of all these things. Get it out of your life and get ready because there's going to be a rapture. There's, there's a dead angel that's passing. It's passing in the land. It's killing, it's killing out all the make-believers and the unbelievers. You said people aren't dying anymore. They are spiritually dead. But there's a bride, hallelujah, that God is speaking to tonight. Hallelujah. May that Passover be so real to us. Throw away the scissors, young ladies. Get rid of it. It's a sign of Egypt. Get rid of it. God can't hear your prayers. That spirit has gotten into our ranks. It's all right to cut your hair. You cut off your glory when you do that. It's outside of the word of God. You can't, you can't, let me tell you, you can't receive the Holy Ghost when you got the demon of Caesaritis on you. You need to run to the altar and say, God, deliver me from this thing. I don't want to look like the world. I want to look like Jesus. Is that how you feel tonight? May God help us. What a Passover sermon. What a dedication weekend. Hallelujah. Let's start out with the Passover. Get rid of the things. You know what we need? We need honesty in our message. We need to be honest with God. We need to be honest with ourselves. Say, God, I'm struggling, Lord. I pray you'll just send the knife of the Holy Spirit and circumcise my heart, my mind, my spirit tonight. What a blessing tonight. Whatever your heads bow, please. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but just right where you're at right now, just right in the presence of the Lord. I believe that the message was thoroughly, thoroughly vindicated tonight by God. The words that came forth 
were not just the words of just a, a brother that we know as Brother Tim Pruitt, but the Holy Spirit got down on the inside upon his mind and spirit and was speaking into this church things. Let me ask you, church, if there's a spirit of, uh, of immorality, of depravity that is, that is haunting your life, wouldn't you right now in the presence of God? Just the last few services, the Holy Spirit has been crying out against these things. Uh, Delilah is going to get you, church. You better run. Run, run like you've never run before. Say, oh God, I I, I want my spirit to be clean. I don't want to be counted with the wicked, Father. Don't let the spirit of immorality and depravity and, and sensuality get a hold of me, oh God. Get a hold of my mind and my spirit and, and fill me from the inside out. Won't you right where you stand right now? Just before God said, Lord, I'm tired of these demons just hanging over, hanging over my mind and my spirit. The brother has been speaking tonight on pornography and time after time I keep watching him under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If you're here, all you got to do is cry out to God, friends. We are not of this world. Satan has made this world sex crazy. The entire world is a sex maniac. We are holy people. There's a place, there's a right way for all of that, young people. Mothers and fathers, wouldn't you just clear your minds right now? And I just feel led of God just to pray with you tonight. Right where you're at, you don't raise your hands just before God as I pray this prayer of faith for you. I want to ask God to come into your life right now and just clean that unclean spirit out of you. It's going to destroy your home. It's going to destroy your marriage. It's going to cause some of you young lady, ladies to lose your virtues. You, you, you young men to go the way of perversion. But oh God, tonight may your Holy Spirit come in this place and clean this entire place up, Lord. Every mind, every soul, every person under the sound of our voice. We ask God tonight that your sweet Holy Spirit will sweep into this church tonight, Father. We come against the spirit of immorality morality and sin and pornography and all the all the nonsense of Laosia, oh God. We are not of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We have been called out with an Elohim anointing Jesus Christ. Not just God. Anything can be a God. But Elohim, Lord Jesus Christ is amongst us tonight, Lord. I pray God that you'll touch to people, touch their lives, touch their families, heal their marriage, heal their homes, bless their young people, Lord, fill every heart with your presence, Lord, keep them from the sins and pressure of Laosia, the perversion and sickening world, I pray the blood of Jesus Christ will just cover their lives, we love your people, Lord, we love you, cover us by your blood, Lord Jesus, we love you in all our hearts. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Come with me. Peace of God, cover me. Are you in turmoil? Cover me. Just get under the toe. Cover me. Thank you, Jesus. Cover me. Young and all, realize 
blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb, the Passover Lamb. Thank you, Jesus. Through the storm. Oh, how you feel tonight, Brother Tim, if you all come. Hallelujah. Cover me, Lord. Look, the time for plain church is over, friends. Some people need to start acting like grown people. Put away the childish things. Start acting in the Holy Ghost. People that are serving God. Listen, I go out into the meetings. We just came out of a meeting here just two weeks ago. People coming through the prayer line. All kinds of things is happening. God, cover us by the blood of Jesus Christ. The brother preached the message tonight. We need the token. We need the token. Hallelujah. Don't play with sin. Don't play with sin. Don't play around deacons, preachers coming in. I, I, I was just so flabbergasted. I'm, I'm still struggling. I've got, I, I still got sin. I've got this. I've got that. It's like, friends, we've got to grow up. A man's got to keep his hands clean to handle this word. You as the people of God, not just a preacher, you have got to keep your hands clean. Ask God to clean you and circumcise you tonight. Hallelujah. The ghost that said.
Shalom to you. Oh, God bless you too. Back in the morning, 11 a.m. 